like a very dark, very grim mood through his visual sensibility and displays an excellent use of sound for someone who this is his first sound film literally the first film he ever made with sound that is impressive and and even even like what i was saying even the choices when he's like i'm just gonna have this sound effect on like the whistle like yes. that that's well thought out and it really drives home this right. ominous Which by nature. the way, Peter Lorre could not whistle, so that is Fritz Lang whistling. Oh, is it? That's awesome. <laughs> and he is whistling. I can't whistle either, Peter. He he is whistling in the uh, I guess they call it like a, a, a light motif or whatever it is when they are they call it recurring music in the film. Oh, okay. Um and he has him doing the In the Hall of the Mountain King song. Right. Right? That's the name of the song, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's this very creepy whistle. And, and he uses it ingeniously because the first time you hear it is in this creepy suspense sequence where um, this little girl, she's, she's walking around. She's being adorable. She's bouncing yeah. a ball on the street. She stops and sees this uh, postage of, of this newspaper where they are talking about all these missing children. And then all of a sudden, a shadowy figure with a hat, and his shadow just hits that, and he says, hello, little girl. <laughs> How well thought out is that? It's unbelievable. <laughs> Most of the time, I was just, because I'm not used to watching yeah. these old films. Yeah. The, the majority of the time I was watching this, I just couldn't believe that it was from 1931. Like the visual sophistication it, of what he's exactly, doing, like with the camera and exactly. stuff. Because yeah. I'm just like, a hundred years later... I could rarely find this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just so, it's so impressive. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so like, and, and, and it tracks that girl walking up to that sign, shows the sign, has his shadow take over the sign, and then has his whistling come in. And then, and it comes in off screen. So it's off screen. You never, you don't see him in that scene at all. Yeah. But then you're trained to know that every single time we're watching a scene and then you hear that whistling come in maybe from the left side and then it gets a little bit louder, a little bit louder. You know that he's walking around. He's looking for his next yeah. next victim. And it's just, it's a very like genius suspense tactic. Um, and it works especially well because of what happens to that little girl, which again, we never see it. No, but these like, just these. The montage of images. Cuts. Yeah, yeah. Of, of the mom waiting for the little girl to come home. We see this creepy man walk up to this girl. Yeah. And then we see um, one touch I think is really awesome too is the cuckoo bird in the clock mm, yeah. because the mom hears the cuckoo bird and she's, you know, normal day, getting my dinner ready for my yep. little girl who's coming home. And then she lo- when she starts getting worried, she looks at the cuckoo clock and it comes out and it does kind of like one spit and then goes back in and it goes to pure silence. So yeah. it, it did like a, it either like broke down or it didn't do what it was supposed to right. do. It's like something's off here. It's yeah. not a typical day. Yeah. And then it's shots of her. It's shots of it's shots of the little girl's empty bowl of food. Um, it's shots of her empty chair, and then just a shot of the ball that she was holding rolling across. Right, like with an, the and grass. with not a not a lick of violence. No, nope. not not one bit. But it's just every little uh, shot that he yeah. puts in in sequence. Just it, it it keeps adding to the equation. You yeah. know, you're just like, well, she's not home. Oh yeah, she had dinner. Oh yeah, she had a mother that loved her. Oh, there's the ball rolling. There's the balloon in the wires, you know, it's yeah. just, it, it's constant. And then it all pieces together and, and you don't have to see it. It's just horrific. Yeah. Well, cause and then the next shot is of the newspaper up on the wall where they are announcing that another girl has been taken. And it's right. this like Dolly crane shot over all of the heads of the people reading it. And then there's this, this, this he does this amazing thing called a sound bridge where basically, uh, he has someone reading the newspaper so we know what all of the people are reading on the wall, yeah. but then it cuts and it reveals the guy who's reading the newspaper is someone who's in the criminal underworld reading to all of them. 
Right. And what that does is it immediately ties this community together because you're just like, so the community of parents and normal people up top are, are reading the exact same thing that the criminal underworld people are reading. And he mm-hmm. does it just again through fluid motion. Like the way that this movement movie like moves visually and like formally, like on just a scene to scene basis is like just a masterclass in like just filmmaking technique. It's just yeah. like you could learn everything you need to know about making a movie, probably <laughs> yeah, just watching, watching what Fritz Lang's decisions are. Absolutely. And, and I also love the, like the connection between the communities there. Uh, like they eventually start to, to work with the poorer communities or even like the beggars and stuff like that yeah. to try to like look out for the killers. And I just liked that it was almost this, uh, like the, the, the crimes were so egregious that, that, everybody came together to try to find this guy. Yeah. And although it leads to some some violent mob mentality, which we'll get to. Although also it's at right, first it's, I was like, oh, it's it's putting the the, the city together. You know what I mean? Well, it's bringing I, them, the and, community and I, together. I was going to say too, though, that it is explicitly made clear that the criminals are mostly doing it out of um, the fact that they're just annoyed that the police keep raiding them. Yeah, because the police, uh, the the presence is very heavy now. All of right, a sudden. looking for the killer, and all that's, of a sudden, all their criminals are getting caught. Right. I guess that is true. They have uh, different reasons. Different. Well, because that's one of the, one of my favorite scenes actually is when it cross cuts between the criminal meeting and the cop meeting, mm-hmm. which is a very early use of like that cross cutting. I mean, like I think it was D. W. Griffith who really like established that. Um, like that cross-cutting technique like that, like that building of excitement by cutting between these two scenes like this. Mm-hmm. But this one does it for a really interesting effect, which is comparing the similarities. It's like, look at the difference. You look at the, the police high command and you look at the criminal underworld high command and they're having very similar conversations, which is like, they're not honestly that interested in catching him. It seems because they're super because the offended. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a job thing. It's like, this is inconvenient to us. People okay, are yeah. people are hounding us to solve the case on the one side, and then on the other side, we are being inconvenienced by the cops. Taking-